Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Salty Pastor, a podcast designed to help you grow in your faith and navigate the complexity of this world. We're currently in a study titled Fight Club, focusing um, on how to help men discover their masculine hearts and help women understand what men are navigating through in this world. Uh, if you were, if you're a man and you're wanting to understand the nature of your masculine heart, this series is for you. If you're a woman and you have, you want to have a deeper understanding of men, this series is for you. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, and we can't do the salty pastor without the very own salty pastor himself, Doctor <laughs> Douglas Peak. Welcome everybody and greetings. We are in Fight Club right now, and I'd like to clarify. I feel like I need a sound effect like the ding ding ding, ding. Like yeah, that, that. <laughs> racing in. Uh, first and foremost, you know, there was a movie out a long time ago with Brad Pitt and Ed Norton, you know, and it's kind of a quirky thing and mm. they had all these rules about Fight Club and guys loved it. And the thing is, I just want to state for the record that I do not look like Brad Pitt. I don't know. I mean, the camera makes you look pretty good. So I would say. <laughs> yeah. But, with, with CGI and yeah. effects. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them our secrets, Doug. <laughs> the other thing I want to throw out is unlike rule number one in the movie Fight Club, we do want you to talk about yeah, Fight Club. We talk about so it all make the sure time. you share with any other men or women in your life. Yeah, it's not a series based on the movie at all. We didn't even you know, we didn't even try to make our graphics look that way. But so this is not about the movie Fight Club. This is about the cosmic fight. Yeah. Good versus evil. Well, last week we started the series off with a bang and we dug into Ephesians chapter 6 and how Paul teaches that yep. all of us are in a spiritual battle whether we know it or not. And when it comes to men, it, it's it's in the fighting of this battle that we really discover our authentic masculine heart. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do is focus on uh, how in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul teaches we are called to be strong in the mighty power of God. We are in a battle, whether we want to be or not, when we are awakened from the sleep of death and made alive in Jesus Christ. And he actually says to us that we are to be victorious in this battle, which basically says never give up, never surrender, keep marching no matter what. Mm. Uh, and the reason why he can say that is not because we do it on our own. Right. It's not about us and our own capacity. First of all, we're given spiritual weapons that are divinely powerful. These weapons of warfare designed to be victorious on the battlefield that we are called to fight upon. And we are given the strength, the mighty power of God in order to fight that battle. Now, because we're given the weapons and we're given the strength to fight in this battle, that's how we discover our true nature in Jesus Christ as men and women. But particularly, I want to focus on men because I feel like uh, the need for men to understand how to discover their masculine heart is more critical today than it has been in the past. Uh, over the last 50 years, we've really emphasized uh, how women can be stronger and in some ways more independent. And the outcome of this emphasis on women, good or bad, has been that many men have lost their direction. And so Fight Club is all about men in particular, uh, helping them rediscover their direction, who they are in Christ, and where a true authentic masculine heart comes from and why you have it. So what's the next step in this uh, kind of Fight Club experience and what we should be learning throughout this? 
uh, what will we be studying today? And once a man awakens to the fact that he's in a spiritual battle um, for his soul, what what is one of the specific battles that he might fight in order to discover his masculine heart? Well, it has to do with one of the strongest drives within every man, and that is his sex drive. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum. As we discover in the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, uh, once you are made alive in Christ as a man, Satan's goal is to come in and bind the strong man. He wants to bind you so that he can plunder your house. And one of the strongest drives within a man is his sexual drive. And it is something that Satan wants to, uh, bind up, Mm. you know, he wants to bind you up so that he can manipulate it to destroy your life. So every man is in a fight to win this battle within his own soul. So where do we begin with this? Well, let's begin in Matthew chapter 12, where Jesus, uh, sorry, uh, Matthew chapter 19, where Jesus is talking about uh, a man's sex drive. He's talking about the relationship sexually between men and women. And what's happening is the Pharisees are trying to, you know, catch him mm. in a pickle. They're always trying to do this. Uh, they play this gotcha game with him and they say, you know, when is it right to divorce your wife, you know, as men? And Jesus replies in chapter 19, beginning with verse 4, he goes, Have you not read, Jesus replied, that at the beginning the Creator, and now he quotes Genesis, made them male and female. Now, the way he's quoting this, he's making a direct reference to our sexuality. And he said, and then he quotes back again, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and he will be united to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So you said this has to do with um, intent what does that exactly mean? And how does this statement by Jesus really fit into that? Well, the, the intent, you know, is obviously our sexual relationship with one another. And this is what I call an a priori statement of Jesus. In other words, Jesus is telling us what our sex drive as men and women was designed to do. Mm. So it has a purpose. It was designed to do something. And so in order to understand the nature of anything, you must first understand the purpose of that thing. What was that thing or this drive designed to accomplish? Well, there are only two basic options out there. First is the atheistic option or the agnostic option, and that is your sex drive is a drive that is an uncontrollable and unmanageable urge uh, that defines your existence. You see, you exist for no other reason than to propagate your DNA through sex so that this thing called uh, material life can just keep progressing on. This means you have no purpose in your life. The decisions you make are ultimately irrelevant. Virtues such as love, honor, courage, loyalty are simply a figment of a mental imagination designed to help you propagate your DNA. That's it. Now, the other option is theistic, meaning God-centered, and it's there is a God, you're not him, and therefore you're a part of his creation. And it says in Genesis that, some, that his image is in you, 
But unfortunately, because we live in a culture of death and a society of death, uh, we're, we're spiritually dead. So that's why Christ came to make us alive again spiritually in him through his resurrection. So what that means is that there is a you that is you. Your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations are real things, both physically in the material world and spiritually in the spiritual world. The decisions you make, your morals, how you live your life, they all matter. Uh, They can make the world a better place. They can make the world a worse place. Virtues such as honor, loyalty, courage, risk-taking, these are all acts of your will and things that you freely choose to do. Therefore, your sex drive, regardless of how intense or mild it may be, has a purpose behind it. You see, it has a purpose. It's a part of who you are created in the image of God. And once you understand the intent or purpose of your sex drive, then you can understand its effect on you as a man and how Satan will use it against you to deter you from this ultimate purpose in your life. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, so what, what is Jesus saying is the intent or, or the purpose of the sex drive within a man? Like, what's he, what's he speaking to as far as that's concerned? Well, in that passage of Scripture, he says, Have you not read that a man shall leave his mother and father and be united, so sexually, with his wife, and the two become one? So the purpose of every man's sex drive is intimacy with another person. In atheism, it is a base drive like hunger or thirst, it must be satisfied. It's part of your subconscious survival of the fittest. If it's not satisfied, you're going to die. And the object is to spread the seed of DNA. So what atheism does is it reduces the pleasure of sexual intimacy to the most basic aspect of the drive, and that is sensory only. Mm. So it's just physical sense. That's it. Now, the, uh, the, the biblical or the spiritual or the theistic position is that your sex drive is meant for something so much more. And I think this is why men are so strongly driven towards it and it dominates their thoughts so much is because it's so much more than just a sensory drive, like an atheist would say. Uh, for instance, a man eats, right? And when right. you eat you're full and then you don't think about eating really until you're hungry again you right. know that and why is it that that men will have sex and then 3 minutes later they're thinking about it again right you know so that tells me there's something more to it and that is is it is designed to bond you intimately with another human being a female in order or in doing so, because when this happens, it brings out all of the wonderful virtues of a masculine heart. The masculine heart spiritually is designed to protect. It's designed to sacrifice oneself for another human being. The masculine heart is generous. The masculine heart is respectful. It's loyal. It's honoring. It's courageous. It's confident. It's secure. That's what a true masculine heart does within a male. And so your sex drive is designed to bond you with a female in order to bring those things out of your own 
heart. So when a man enters into these virtues, he finds a deep well of meaning and purpose in his life. So your sex drive is actually tied to the meaning and purpose that you're going to experience in your own life. And so Jesus is quoting from the writings of Moses, written thousand over a thousand years before he walked the earth. It's a record of the creation account in Genesis. So Jesus even says it was this way since the beginning, and that's the meaning of intent. From the very beginning, part of who you are as a man is that your sex drive, it has a purpose and an intent to it, and what it does is it's intended to bond you with another human being, a female, and in that process, all of these qualities of a masculine heart flourish and come out of you, which results in a deep purposeful existence as a man. So a man can kind of view his his sex drive through one of two perspectives. Mm-hmm. He can see it as a gift from God with a specific purpose that benefits him and his life, or he can view it as a, an uncontrollable urge that has no meaning or purpose behind it and that it just drives him crazy. Yeah, and, th- and that's where the battle's fought. That's where it's fought right there. I can't tell you how many men who are Christians who see their sex drive as a problem, you know, Uh, this is something that they must deny. They need to control it or manage it simply because they view it as an earthly, earthy, or a base, a fleshly drive. On the other hand, if it is, if if you see it as God views it, then you're going to cherish your sex drive. You're going to cherish it. And what that means is you're not attempting to control it or deny it, but you want to preserve it. You know, you preserve it. They recognize how precious and wonderful it is because of its intent and its purpose. It's like a family heirloom, you know, something that your father and grandfather and great father had that has been passed on to you, maybe a pocket knife or a fishing pole or a gun or something like that that's highly prized. It's a highly valued article. You don't take it down, you know, and throw it around and and just use it in any old way. It's precious cargo. And when you view your sex drive as a man that way, what you're going to do is you're not just going to give it to anyone because you want it. De- you don't want it devalued. Right. I'm not, you know, and, and this is what's really interesting is in Proverbs chapter six, uh, there's wisdom about this. And it, this is wisdom literature. It's poetic. So you have to listen to it a couple times. And this man is talking to his son and he says, Uh, He's talking about a command of wisdom that he wants to give his son. He's saying, hey, here's an altruism, and I want you to get it. And he says, this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light. It is correction and instruction, which are the way to life. So he's saying, you need to understand this so that you can live life the way it was meant to be lived, so that your life, so you feel like a man, you know you're a man. You see, he's saying that's what this is. And that is, it keeps you from your neighbor's wife. So don't (laughs) lust or have sex with your neighbor's wife or with somebody else's wife. He goes, or from the smooth talk of a wayward woman. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty or let her captivate you with her eyes. For a prostitute can be had for a loaf of bread. Uh, but another's man, wife, preys on your very life. This is verses 23 through 26. And so what, what is he actually saying? Well, if you went back and you read through that a number of times, what you would understand is that 
He's saying you need to protect and cherish your sex drive because if you don't, you will end up devaluing it to the point where it is the equivalent of a loaf of bread. So in the street, a loaf of bread back then, similar today, I think you can get, you know, some bleached white bread at the grocery store for $1.98. So you've taken the most important, one of the most important things that makes you understand what being a man is. You feel like a man, you know, you're a man, you're a courageous, virtuous, loyal, honorable man, and you've devalued it to the point where it's just thrown away. And this is what our culture has done. Uh, you know, our culture has gone off the rails. It happened in the 60s because it was the sexual revolution. I've talked about this before, and we will continue to do so. And what the sexual revolution, what people don't understand, wasn't completely about sex. What it was is it was about the philosophical propositions that had been seeded into Western civilization in the late 1800s, and then they slowly grew, and then they took root, and then they exploded in the sexual revolution because a technology came out which allowed the philosophical underpinnings to flourish, and that was the pill. And when the pill came out in the 60s, it just unleashes this uh, philosophical position in the world today. And we'll talk about that more as we go through these series. But the point simply being is that what happened is sexuality then became so reduced in its value. Mm. The purpose for men was changed, right? And what happened is men don't realize that in the temptation, hey, go have sex with whoever you want and as often as you want, da-da-da, is the same as saying to a man, uh, hey, go into that buffet and eat all you want and just do all that. Well, what happens in a short period of time when you just go in and you gorge yourself on a food buffet? You know, you get sick. You know, your your whole system gets out of whack. Right. You get you start to get obese, and then you can't move, and you can't function. And then you look at yourself in the mirror, and how do you feel when you've gained 150 pounds? You have diabetes, high blood pressure. You can't sleep at night because you have sleep apnea. You look at yourself, and what do you say as a man? Do you look in the mirror and say, wow, I'm so this happy. Is this is the peak of my life <laughs> I right love here. this. You look at yourself, and you say, I am so disgusted with what I've become. Right. See, that's the key. That's the key right there. Satan wants to bind you up so that you become disgusted with who you are as a man. That's what he wants to do to you. So if this is the battle that every man needs to fight, then what's the best way to fight this battle? Well, I think first and foremost, as I always say, is you have to realize that you're dead. And most people don't want to start there, you know. I'm not really the a good, perpo- I'm a good person. On. I'm such a good person. I made a couple of mistakes. I'm not so bad. I'm really not so bad. Stop thinking that way. It's just a trap designed to deceive you. Say to yourself, I want to be free. I want to be different. I, I'm dead. I want to be made alive. And that's why the redemptive act of Jesus Christ, based on the power of his resurrection, makes that possible. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, and you've been made alive in Christ. And once that happens, now you have the capacity to believe something that you haven't believed before. And like I say, what you believe is one of the most important things about you. And the bottom line is, is that a lot of men believe that their sex drive is of no value or it's evil or it's constantly tripping them up. And so they're constantly trying to control it 
or deny it or they feel ashamed of it. And so Satan, of course, that's his playground. And one of the problems in the church has been the creeping influence of Gnosticism, which the book of 1 John was written as a refutation of the Gnostic influence in the first century church. And Gnosticism had at its core, it was a Greek philosophy, it's, it's very prevalent today, is that uh, spiritual things are pure and fleshly things are evil and you need special knowledge. The Greek word for uh, knowledge is gnosis, which word we get Gnosticism from, allows you to understand the difference or bifurcate them. And so basically the conclusion is that fleshly drives are evil. And the church has adopted this in some places. They say that, you know, you have to mortify the flesh, everything with the flesh, very legalistic churches like that. You know, you can't wear makeup and you can't do this. And women have to dress, you know, a certain way or it'll incite the, the fires of lust in men. And, and so they get, you can't see movies, you can't listen to music, you can't dance, you can't do any of these things things because all fleshly drives are evil and your sex drive is evil. You should only have, use it when you want to have children or something like that. Well, unfortunately, or fortunately, however your perspective is, this is unbiblical because as you're created in the image of God, then your sex drive as men has a purpose and that purpose is intimacy. So every time you are tempted to use it illegitimately, what you're doing is you're robbing from yourself. Mm. You're robbing from your capacity to have what your heart really wants, and that is intimacy with a woman. You really want to have intimacy with her. So my, th- my, my admonition is if you want to believe uh, the, first, uh, the first place to fight the battle is to believe that your sex drive has a purpose to it. And I need to use it for that purpose. Otherwise, it gets devalued. And I'm not going to devalue it or myself. I'm not going to throw it away. I'm going to save it so that it can achieve what my heart really desires. So it has a purpose. That purpose is intimacy, so protect and cherish it. Don't throw it away, and it's a battle every man needs to fight. There's even a book out by uh, Stephen Atterburn called Every Man's Battle, and he talks about how you have to fight it because every man has to fight the battle to win and how Satan uses temptation to get you to lose. Excellent book, uh, I would encourage you to read it if this is something that you really need to fight in your life right now. So what are some of the other ways men need to fight this battle? Well, I think the second thing is not only really focus on core what you believe, Mm -hmm. not just about who God is and what he says about you, but about the purpose and intent of your sex drive, is that I think you need to be around men who have the same perspective as you do. Uh, when Jesus says, what God has joined together, let no one tear apart, he's obviously talking about when a man commits himself to a woman and no one can tear that apart or rent it asunder. It should be respected. So you should be around people who respect that. You know, uh, One of the best things you can do as a man is be around guys who love their sex drive and love the intent of the sex drive and understand its purpose. You know, it's, it's really simple. Uh, if you're a guy and you're in your twenties and you're starting to make money, right? You're thinking, man, this money has power. 
uh, I'm making some good money. I can throw it all away and I can basically screw my life up by getting in debt and have making a big mess and stressing myself out. Or I can, I can, uh, manage it well and I can bless my life and I can get my financial house in order and I can be independent. So I'm not making decisions based on debt. I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a man. I'm right. taking care of myself and I'm going to, if I get married, I'm going to take care of my wife. My kids will be blessed. You know, those things will bring such reward to your soul as a man. Mm. Right? So what do you do when you're in that situation? Do you say, Hey, I want to go hang around a bunch of deadbeat guys who hang out in Vegas and think they're going to put a coin in a lot, uh, uh, a, slot, the, a slot machine and suddenly boom, get a million dollars. You know, is that who you hang out with? No. Is a guy, what do you do? You you get on you start YouTubing guys, you know, that are your age that hey, this is how I made a million dollars in real estate, you know? Right. You, you get around guys who are saying, Hey, you know, stocks are it, or here's how you manage. You seek counsel, you think wisdom, but what you want to do is you immerse yourself, you get around other men who understand, hey, this is the power of money, I managed it well, and now I'm living high. And you can too. So why not do that sexually? Now, don't take this the wrong way, but you need to be around men who they understand their sex drive, the purpose of their sex drive. They enjoy sex. If, if they're, you know, they're married to their wife, if they have a covenantal relationship with her, they, they talk about how awesome and wonderful it is. Hang out with those kind of men. It's not like you're going to sit around and talk about sex all the time, but what's going to happen is you're going to pick up how they view life and how they look at their own lives and what it means to be a real man. I understand that's really tough for a lot of guys who grew up without a dad, who grew up without a father or an abusive father or a father that was really a boy walking around in, in men, <laughs> you know, men's like, clothing. Yeah, men's clothing. He really wasn't a dad at all. He was still a boy and he passed on all these crazy ideas about sex to you. But I think it's really important to be around other men. That's why men in discipleship, that's why men hanging out with other men who are real men is critically important. And so be wise about that. I, I think, too, that you have to understand that when you're hanging out, men, is, is that there's a deeper understanding of what Jesus is saying when he says what God has done, what God has joined together, what God has done, let no one tear asunder. And that the original word basically means shred or ruin. And so the deeper meaning is that God has an intent for your sex drive. So you need to fight against everyone and everything that destroys the point and purpose of your sex drive. So the more you hang around men who believe that their sex drive is a gift and understand the purpose for which it was given, those are mighty men. They're mighty men. They're men that you can trust. They are men who are loyal. They are men who are honorable. They are men of substance. And that is what your soul longs for, is to be that kind of man. And that's why you need to fight this battlefront, fight with strength, and fight with the weapons that are designed to give you victory. Because every good thing that you've been promised can be stolen from you. Remember what Jesus said, Satan must first come into the house and bind the strong man before he can plunder it. And what you need to say is, I will not allow myself to be bound. I will not devalue my sex drive and Satan cannot plunder my house. Well, as you 
As you talk about this, it becomes more clear to me that it's it's a very important battle yes. uh, for all men. And it seems our culture is waging a war in a way to get men to kind of devalue their sex drive, like you said. Um, and this is just fascinating. So I can't wait to hear <laughs> what you have to say on Thursday. Unfortunately, we're kind of out of time for today. Um, but we'll pick up more of this on Thursday and, and chat more about it. So thank you guys so much for joining us um, here at Foothills Christian Church on The Salty Pastor. Blessings.